0: Welcome back to New World Next Week. I'm James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. And I'm James Evan Pilato of MediaMonarchy.com. We think that stablecoins and CBDCs will coexist in the future. We've got that story plus Afghani Kush investments. But first, Davos Agenda 2022 brings together world leaders to address the state of the world. And we'll just take it from the evil horse's mouths. The Davos Agenda. Davos Agenda. Virtual event, it's a virtual event now, offers the first global platform of 2022 for world leaders to come together to share their visions for the year ahead. We already did that weeks ago here in New World Next Week. The week-long virtual event taking place are already underway at the World Economic Forum website and, of course, social media channels January 17th through the 21st. So they're already about halfway through as we are taping this, and it will feature heads of state and government, CEOs and other leaders. They will discuss critical challenges facing the world today and present their ideas on how to address them. James, I think I've already seen some of the thumbnails for the videos that just show, of course, Klaus Schwab sitting by himself like like the worst boss you're ever trying to interview for. And he's just in by himself in this stark room. We can put those pictures up again. It's it's perfectly sort of on brand with with Klaus Schwab. Mm -hmm. The event will also mark the launch of several forum initiatives, including... Efforts to accelerate the race to net zero emissions, ensure the economic opportunity of nature positive solutions. I haven't heard that. That's good. Nature positive. Create cyber resilience, strengthen global value chains, build economies and fragile markets through humanitarian investing, bridge the vaccine manufacturing gap and use data solutions to prepare for the next pandemic. Everyone hopes that in 2022, the COVID-19 pandemic and the crises that accompanied it will finally begin to recede, said Klaus Schwab, founder and executive chairman of the World Economic Forum. But major global challenges await us from climate change to rebuilding trust and social cohesion. To address them, leaders will a need to adopt new models, look long term, renew cooperation and act systemically. The Davos Agenda 2020. Isn't there a difference? The, difference? the agenda is the starting point for the dialogue needed for global cooperation in 2022. Another post from the World Economic Forum breaking down their version of their agenda. This is what a new model of governance could look like. And James, what would governance 4.0 look like?
1: Well, don't take my word for it, James. Go and get it straight from the German horse's mouth. Uh, Schwab himself writing up this little piece for the Davos Agenda 2022, where he talks about governance 4.0, because... He goes through the various iterations of 1.0 immediately after World War II. Public and corporate governance were marked by the rule of the one man, the elected or unelected strong leader and boss. Governance 2.0 emerged in the 1960s with the rise of the economists, uh, Milton Friedman's shareholder capitalism and progressive global financialization, which fell apart with the 2008 global financial crisis, but limped along until COVID-19 ushered in governance 3.0, which is crisis management. Uh, dominating decision-making. Well, that sounds actually like what we've been living under for quite a long time. But anyway, and now... Don't worry, Schwab and his crew are here to deliver the answer to that crisis management of Governance 3.0. Governance 4.0, which he lays out here, it will replace today's short-term crisis management with long-term strategic thinking, must replace the tunnel vision and top-down approach that prevailed in the past, means the roles and responsibilities of each stakeholder in society must change. Business can no longer ignore its social and environmental impact, while government can no longer act as if it alone has all the answers Answers. the primacy of society and nature must be at the core of any new governance system whether for business or government oh he's saying all the wonderful catchwords buzzwords and phrases that we've come to be uh, the the trained seals clapping and arfing for those fish. Oh, sustainability, equity, yay, this guy's on our side. And so what does that mean? He goes on to say, many leaders are already thinking and acting like pioneers for a new age of governance. They include business executives advocating for environmental, social, and governance metrics, ESG metrics, which, oh, by the way, the World Economic Forum is spearheading the creation of, which is basically the way they're going to take this hundred trillion dollars plus of committed investments that the, uh, the crew were putting together at the COP26 conference that we were talking about a couple of months ago, and saying, You guys will not get access to global finance, essentially, unless you play by our rules and, and our game. And here, here's the rule book it's called ESG metrics. And you, if you tick all the boxes, then you can be part of this new finance system that we're creating. And then he goes on to cite, absurdly enough, uh, French President Emmanuel Macron and Italian Prime Minister Mario Draghi for. Breaking down boundaries, or is that erecting boundaries around the people who have not been injected by an experimental medical technology and uh, are, no, are basically being cast out of society? Hmm. Yeah, that's the maybe that's really what governance 4.0 is about. So, anyway, I suggest people read through that, take a look at this, um, but take it for what it's worth and take it for for who it's coming from. More on which from Vanity Fair, which just ran an interesting piece. He has an incredible knack to smell the next fad. How Klaus Schwab Built a Billionaire Circus at Davos, which goes on to talk about what you're alluding alluding to there, the idea of Schwab as the stern boss figure. Um, They have some humorous anecdotes which humanize him a little bit, such as when he was away, on a business trip, and one of the World Economic Forum employees decided they were late for a meeting, so they just nipped into his parking spot for an hour uh, while he was away uh, on an an international business trip. Word got back to him, and he was going to have this employee fired, and he had to be talked out of that by other um, WEF members. And uh, there's another anecdote about him visiting South Africa at one point and giving a speech in front of Mandela, and it was apparently Klaus Schwab's I have a dream speech, which apparently caused everyone in the crowd to cringe. (laughs) I have a dream about a crisis. Um, uh, Can you believe it? But... It also gets into some interesting details about the financial shenanigans that underpin the World Economic Forum and how Schwab became so financially wealthy, let alone politically powerful. All of that to the side. The Davos agenda is ongoing as we record this, will still be ongoing uh, by the time this episode gets posted. So um, I haven't watched everything yet. But you can watch, for example, President Xi Jinping and his message to the Davos agenda and blah, 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 cooperation, da, 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 win win, all the kind of nonsense, garbage, mealy mouth platitudes that mean nothing that you would expect from another Xi Jinping speech. You can watch um, I- uh, Israeli Prime Minister uh, Naftali Bennett um, talking to Davos Forum. Do not invest in octopus of terror Iran. (laughs) Surprise, surprise. That's what he wants to, that's his message for the world. Um, Japanese Prime Minister Kishida is talking about pushing for a green digital transformation, and I'll throw in an article describing what he was talking about if you don't want to watch the actual speech itself, and I don't blame you for that. But um, the funny thing is, actually being and living in Japan, I know that this is total hot air And I know everyone thinks Japan is such a digitally forward, oh, a cutting-edge technology nation. You have no idea what business here is actually like, where every... Every document, even if it's an electronic document, has to be printed out and then and then filled out by hand and stamped with an old-fashioned stamp and then faxed to your business partner in another country in triplicate and all of this. It's, it's a positively medieval system over here, and that's not going to change whatever rhetoric they throw at it. Anyway, there's all that happening right now. And as always, I think the most important part about this is where are they taking the narrative? Because of course, this is about shaping perception and narratives around what is happening right now in the world. And this is increasingly uh, a a forum in which we see what the narrative for the coming year might be. So at the very least, we can read the globalist tea leaves and read between the lines about what they're talking about and just read the titles of some of the days, because each day has a theme and you can start to see some of the themes that are developing and some of the people that are turning to Fauci and others to give us and the CEO of Moderna and other people talking about where next for the pandemic? What will happen next? Oh, tell us, wise wizards of science. Um, This is what the Davos agenda is about. So I haven't, as I say, I haven't watched everything yet. If I hope people out there will watch at least one thing and then report back to headquarters. You know, if there's any nuggets out there of information, hopefully we don't all have to subject ourselves to all of this uh, propaganda.
0: You mentioned the the hundred trillions that you won't get any of this unless you kind of play along. A lot of that now it's just it strikes me as sounding like disaster capitalism or the shock doctrine the sort of things that now World Economic Forum cronies like Naomi Klein used to write best-selling books about. Uh, what a rich tapestry! You mean they have daily themes? You mean stuff like cyberspace war and food world order stuff like that? <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, we continue yeah. <laughs> our ongoing coverage of the Bitcoin psyop as we continue this episode 472 of New World next week. Our second story, Visa launches platform to test out central bank digital currencies, CBDCs. In September 2020, American payments giant MasterCard released a platform that allowed central banks to test how proposed central bank digital currencies CBDCs, would work in real life. Now, the other big credit card company here from the States, U.S.-based payments titan Visa joins the bandwagon and will soon be providing a virtual testing environment that can simulate issuance, distribution, and exchange of CBDCs. If it proves something, it's that interest in central bank digital currencies have definitely accelerated. In fact, in the past few years, a growing number of central banks have been exploring new financial technologies and how they might enhance the stability, resiliency, and efficiency of financial systems. So in the face Of an increasing number of governments considering central bank digital currencies, with some like Nigeria already at the implementation stage, it's not surprising that Visa and MasterCard are positioning themselves for the future of digital payments. They did it a decade ago. They're just announcing it to you now. Bloomberg reported that the cart Bloomberg... Isn't it funny how Bloomberg is just always just... They're on point with knowing exactly what's going on with the world financial institutions. And they're just a scrappy news agency. Bloomberg reported that the card payment provider is collaborating with Consensus Incorporated, a blockchain software company, to begin piloting the program this spring. It was decided after Visa's discussions with approximately 30 central banks regarding goals related to government-backed digital currencies. Consensus, which is being led by Ethereum co-founder Joseph Lubin, has worked with several central banks to test CBDCs, including the Hong Kong Monetary Authority, the Reserve Bank of Australia and the Bank of Thailand. To Visa, in the words of its head crypto guy, Kai Sheffield, we think that stable coins and CBDCs will coexist in the future and there'll be a number of different approaches to creating products based on that. To top it off, Visa's also been working with more than 60 crypto platforms to issue cards linked to these digital currencies like USD coin, the stable coin, issued by a consortium that includes Circle Internet Financial Incorporated. Stable coin, I believe, James, are cryptocurrencies backed up by the same garbage fiat that we're ostensibly trying to get away from. We'll include links to Joseph Lubin, entrepreneur, but... For more on the real-world implementation, another interesting article from Cointelegraph, from E-Naira to E-Hervnia, Caribbean fintech developed CBDCs around the world, and they point out Barbados, paradise island in the West Indies, known for its azure beaches, tidal waves, shipwrecks, homegrown Barbadian hospitality, and more recently, an influx of remote workers. What about Rihanna? Now, of course, one can add crypto innovations to that list as well. BIT, B-I-T-T, a Barbadian fintech firm developing blockchain tech, has successfully created the e Naira Central Bank digital currency for the aforementioned Nigeria and is on the path to creating an electronic hervnia, which is the Ukrainian currency. Man, you have... You have no idea how many cryptocurrencies there are now on just regular American boob tube. As we've talked about, when when the world's biggest supervillains and their media mouthpieces are hyping your thing in between China's NBA games, it it might be played out, James. I don't know about you, but I'm thinking about putting it all in dog money. What
1: do you think? (laughs) You know, you're right. I have no idea because obviously I don't watch American television or American commercials. But I'm wondering just off the top of my head, I wonder... I wonder which cryptos and which crypto practices and which exchanges they're promoting on television with the billionaires and the politicians and the e-celebs. Is it, is it Pirate Chain and Monero and Epic? Are they, are they telling you about non-KYC ways of trading and cold storage and hardware wallets and proper practices? Or are they just typing Coinbase and Dogecoin to the moon, guys? Yay! And, and always leave all of your uh, crypto on an, a KYC exchange and never... Private keys? What's that? So, of course, as you alluded to at the beginning of this segment, as relevant as the Bitcoin PSYOP was four years ago when I produced that podcast, it is even more relevant now. And here we go again, because here we got Visa working on this CBDC thing with Consensus, a blockchain software company. It's all the same. It's all crypto, blockchain, CBDC. And here you go, guys. Here it is. And I think a window and insight into that comes from that Cointelegraph article that you, you mentioned there about um, the implementation of the e-Naira, the digital CBDC that's now apparently operative in Nigeria. And for a taste of this, you can start to drill down on some of the details where they actually ask in this article, they ask the person who was in charge, the CEO of this company that designed the Enaira, would you please describe the technology behind the Enaira digital currency that you created? And he responds, it's really a stable coin minted by the Central Bank of Nigeria. Unlike any of the typical cryptocurrencies or even a stablecoin, this is a digital version of the fiat currency within Nigeria. So this is government money. It can be transacted by a user who has downloaded a wallet through the various app stores and at participating merchants. The ecosystem that we've worked with the CBN, the Central Bank of Nigeria, to deploy our technology allows the central bank to have minting, and all the rights around minting. Then they distribute the digital version of that coin to participating financial institutions. Afterwards, those financial institutions can transact with merchants and consumers using the ENIRA. In other words, this is the exact same fiat money system as before, but now it's digital. (laughs) Yay! (laughs) Absolutely no difference, but it sounds cool, doesn't it? E-Naira, CBDC. Wow. Oh, I just downloaded this app from some app store and look, it's all directly tied into the central bank. Great! Yay! (laughs) Total nonsense. Um, But this is the vision of the future. Of course, this is really what Governance 4.0 is about, is the governance of every single individual on the planet and every transaction that you have in your life. That is the model for the real governance 4.0 system they're trying to bring about. And just more examples of that coming off the news wires um, just from the past week. China wants its digital currency to reach greater use, talking about the implementation of the ECNY, which is the Chinese uh, CBDC, which they've been trialing since 2014, and they're now rolling out a little bit more. They're Potentially going to make some sort of big rollout during the Beijing Olympics. We'll see. Uh, we have this one. Malaysia is assessing potential benefits of ACBDC option. And this one just hot off the wire. I just saw this just before we started recording. Iran to reportedly pilot central bank digital currency soon. What was it all those people were telling me all these years that, no, Iran and China and Russia, they're the good guys and they're fighting these bankster systems and, oh, wait, they're doing the exact same thing as everyone else in the entire financial world are doing. I wonder why. Hmm, it's almost like a coordinated plan to control every transaction on earth and, to uh, uh, precisely to steal the real and replace it with this government issued fake as might be relevant to other things we're going to talk about
0: <laughs> well that's 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 one of my favorite phrases and and it's and it's right there but you nailed it though you nailed it with this might be what government for, governance 4.0 looks like. And again, much like they implement it and then tell you about it a decade later, this will be the thing. And later they'll go, oh, that was when it all kind of really came together. I mean, think about it. We've hardly mentioned the COOF at all on this episode, and yet it is the blank check for all of this crap we've seen the last two years. So James, you mentioned, oh, just, you just gotta go get an app. That would be the apps that are allowed to be featured in the controlled two places you're allowed to go get apps for your Coke or Pepsi controlled device. And I, yeah, so thanks. I, I, they steal the real and sell you the fake. Even when it's kind of fake in the first place, they they still do it. It's actually, James, it's pretty amazing on just a, a, on a bizarro world level. And yes, it's a lot of the cringy Matt Damon commercials on TV about just using slogans about be brave because it's super brave to get into crypto now a decade after (laughs) the train left the station. I will include links to the referenced Remy rap known as Dogecoin rap. I've been a Remy fan for a long, long time, long before he hooked up with Reason, but that's, that's one of my favorite songs right now. The other thing, James, that I wanted to mention and it's all, it's it's mostly on it's mostly on basketball. So NBA, American basketball, if there's another sport that has more game stoppage and whistleblowing time to go to another advertisement, I, I don't I don't know what it is. There's so much opportunity for just a bunch of bullcrap in basketball. It's pretty unwatchable. But the thing I've noticed about the NBA basketball teams here in the States, they're all sort of extra sponsored and it'll all be on the same spot on their uniforms because they changed the rules about, you know, extra advertising on the uniforms. They're all sponsored by these great new money apps, Honey, Chime and a ton more. Yeah, you might not have even heard of Honey or Chime. You know why? Because they're not marketed at you. They look to me like a new version of those predatory check-cashing advance places with the neon lights targeting urban areas and folks who might not be financially savvy. Oh, but now they have names literally like Empower. Speaking of empowerment, our final story, uh, not exactly the hundreds of trillions of dollars of investment, but but not bad. Taliban weed about to attract millions in foreign investment. Sea Farm International, the letter C farm like Pharma, c Farm International, a German research and development firm has said it's planning a multi-million dollar investment in Taliban-controlled Afghanistan with the aim of producing weed for medical purposes. Following an unfortunate case of mistaken identity in late 2021, Disney's Vice Media Track down a German company, c International, which has struck a deal with the Taliban. Last year, a tweet from the Afghan Ministry of the Interior claimed that a firm called C-Farm had met with Taliban officials and would invest $450 million in Afghanistan to set up a hashish processing operation, as they so often do. The media rushed to wrongly identify some small Australian medical consulting firm with the same name, who, of course, vehemently denied the links with the Taliban. Werner Zimmerman, 56 years old, ECI's real owner and managing director, told Disney's vice on Friday he was not happy that the news of the deal had gone public and claimed that the scale of the agreement had been misconstrued. His company operates in Lesotho, Morocco, Kyrgyzstan, North Macedonia, and Cyprus, with Kazakhstan and Afghanistan soon to be added to the lists. Zimmerman's firm builds cannabis processing plants and consults on legal issues such as the feasibility of exporting medical weed to other countries. The Afghan project is due to follow the building of basically a half a like half a million Euros plant in Kazakhstan. They plan to produce medical cannabis in Afghanistan for both local and international markets. But if countries like Germany legalize the drug, which they probably will not, they may start growing the plant for recreational use, Zimmerman said. He also discussed concerns about human rights abuses committed by the Taliban, saying, I work professionally, not ideologically, with the minister of the interior in charge, and I support them with my project. He claims he's been getting threats from representatives of a European drug cartel who are unhappy with his plans, who could cut into their share of the monopolized market. Despite being outlawed since, you know, just the 1970s, the cannabis plant is indigenous to Afghanistan and was at least until the super shocking Taliban takeover last summer consumed in people in remote parts of the country couple of the related articles. This guy wants to invest millions in Taliban weed factory, and the whole story about the mistaken identity thing is, is really a whole other bizarre chapter as the Taliban enters the cannabis market. James, this is the other thing that I say a lot, aside from the, they sell, <laughs> they steal the real and sell The same places that lord over the prohibition of something get to flip a switch and then lord over the exploitation, and it works both ways, regardless of which way it starts Rockefellers exploit big oil until they get the newer, younger Rockefellers to make a big show of divesting from those dirty fossil fuels. The same folks that prohibited weed now get to exploit it. And I guess that now includes the Taliban, James?
1: Well, we'll, we'll see about this story. I, I have a feeling that we're not quite done Hearing about Afghanistan, I don't think. <laughs> and then the Taliban took over and everything went back to business as you. I don't know. I, I have a feeling there's going to be more developments on that square of the chessboard in the coming year or years. Um, and it actually sends me back to uh, I, I being a very young, very green, fresh out of college, 2001, uh, just after the invasion. And I remember reading—it might have been in the New York Times—but I remember reading about um, some Irishman who had set up the first pub in newly liberated Afghanistan. And it, it, This is a business that'll take off. And I remember at the time thinking, you know, there might that might be a good place to invest. I bet there will be a lot of development there now. <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> word to the wise. No, that that probably isn't a good opportunity. And I similarly thinking business ventures in Afghanistan at this point might be a bit precarious. But um, let's tie a bow on this entire episode, because I saw hot off the news wires just before we went to record. I saw this latest piece from Glenn Greenwald created Pierre Omidyar backed propaganda ragged The Intercept. Starving Afghans, Use crypto to sidestep U.S. sanctions, failing banks, and the Taliban. Talking about NGOs looking to provide emergency aid to Afghanistan despite failing banks and U.S. sanctions are turning to cryptocurrency. So, yay. But wait, you know, James is always mentioning this Bitcoin psyop thing and not all cryptos are the same. And sometimes they hide some details, you know, in the devil that might be in the details. Let's just see. Let's see if they mention What crypto are they talking about and in what way and how are they using this? So there's this NGO called Code to Inspire, which is apparently helping young women learn how to uh, computer program. Okay, and they go through and oh, but the disruptions and state department sanctions and banking problems and all this. So Code to Inspire pays its recipients in, drumroll please, BUSD. A so-called stable coin whose value is tied to the US dollar, and then the women convert it to Afghanis, the local currency at money exchanges. BUSD, BUS, I wonder what that is. Oh, Binance USD. Well that's a that's something I've heard about before. Let's look that up. What is Binance USD? Binance USD is a stable coin pegged to the US dollar and has been approved by the New York State Department of Financial Services. <laughs> yeah, sticking it to the man, getting around the banks by complying as hard as possible and making sure you are wedded into their controlled system. Yeah, that's the crypto solution, right? Bitcoin psyop once again. So anyway, this is what we're dealing with, taking the real, giving you the fake and making you pay for it and then enslaving you to it. This is is the vision of the future of governance 4.0. Sorry to be a bit of a downer at the end of the episode here.
0: Well, and we joke sometimes that that bots are already writing all the news stories because they cram in every little single popular thing. It's like a, I look for these on the on the morning monarchy show sometimes to find something that basically says, you know, Senator A.I. plants a farm with Satan and has a new album, you know, something that puts together all the on NFT <laughs> as an NFT. Of course. <laughs> How could I forget that? <laughs> There currently are zero NFTs at newworldnextweek.com. How do you like that segue? Newworldnextweek.com is the New World Next Week store. It has all the Corbett DVDs that are currently in production. Again, there should be a new one that is literally being manufactured as we speak. Very excited to put up that fourth DVD on the site uh you you might notice I'm, I'm not wearing a corporate report shirt as we pretty much quickly sold out of the first little limited batch but the second bigger batch is already on the way that has been shipped to us it should be here at any time and of course the PO box if you don't do the digital money thing we also have my post office box here in America you can send cash gold backs your local currency any number of ways you can support our work. Again, as we say, James, we don't care how, just as long as people do support real, independent news and information. And again, we've been doing New World Next Week for I don't even know how long anymore. I think the proof is in our pudding. I also like to, of course, try and remind folks, as a little little enticement, I play this exclusive New World Next Week audio after my Thursday morning monarchy, and that's before it is published anywhere. It's only before... You know, me and you and Brock have been the only ones that have heard it. James, there it is. New World Next Week, episode 472. Let's
1: put it in the can. Let's do it again next week. James, thanks for the stories. All right, buddy. Take care. Take care.